Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Hawkman number 15, cover date August-September 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Murphy Anderson, edited by Julius Schwartz, featuring Scourge of the Human Race, written by Gardner Fox, art by Murphy Anderson. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! To the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new day. You drifted onto the sea. You flowered into a dream. A dream that never would fade away. Hawkman rescues an army corporal and his girlfriend from Makar the Ancient, soul-surviving winged amphibian of the Terravitans. They, of course, were Earth's original species and had killed off all the human inhabitants of the ancient continent of Mu at the price of all their lives except Makars, who lay in suspended animation until 50 years ago. Even as the Earth erupts in chaotic degeneration, Makar battles Hawkman and Hawkgirl while devolving to forms unaffected by their futuristic weapons. Concerned? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. around in the sky fights all the criminals until they die it's hawkman and hawk girl <laughs> is that your new theme song for them yeah i just wrote it just nice. now in my head you're so clever i will i try you know things i'm so busy now that i'm the hoa president oh i cannot believe you have done this to yourself i don't know what's to be done the president doesn't do anything uh that's that's actually quite true treasurer does which all you'll the work. see mm-hmm. you'll, you'll see um, I'm not concerned. Okay. Hawkman. Oh, wait. How was your day? Good. I haven't spoken to you since you arrived. I know. Home. You left early this morning. I sure did. I went to my office for the third time in a year and a half. I, it might have even been dark when you left. It was. Yeah. I watched the sunrise. Wow. It's the first time for everything. Mm. Um, what a good day. It was very busy. Very busy. Um, ran around a lot. Um, taught a lesson. And uh, I'm glad to be home with you. I uh, went to my office and met the remaining colleagues that I've never met, including KC. Uh-huh. I'm using initials because it's super secret government okay. adjacent work. Okay. Uh, who's a fan of the podcast. Oh. And has been inspired to start his own podcast. Wow. So the power of positive thinking. There you go. And uh, now that work friend Chuck is just regular friend Chuck. Because I don't work with them anymore. Yes. Maybe KC will be work friend KC. Cool. Once he uh, starts his podcast, I told him he could be a guest star on the show. Awesome. I'm sure you would agree. Of course. Hawkman number 15. Hurry, 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 Hawkman. If the monster's hand is quicker than your ice, Earth will be blasted by the scourge of the human race. Mm. Do you see Hawkman's being punched by a giant pink creature? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, he Hawkman is firing a weapon, which is encasing the creature in ice, but the mighty fist of the creature has punched through the ice and is about to make contact with Hawkman. Indeed. What's going to happen next? Turn the page and see. Well, when I turn the page, I see the treasure chest of fun. Right? You can Miniature throw your secret voice. camera, onion gum. Magic cards. Silent dog whistle. Jackpot bank. Amazing miniature radio. See behind glasses. Worms. <laughs> Monstrous eyes monsters. <laughs> Trick baseball. X-ray specs. That's a classic. Trick black soap. Hoopy cushion. Hoopy. I always wanted trick black soap. Did you? Yeah. Uh, well, it says it's harmless, and it's only 25 cents. I just love it. Ordinary looking piece of soap. Victim washes face, and it gets blacker and blacker. That's he... probably not politically appropriate right, these right. days. Yeah. Um, you can also, for $1, buy unbeatable self-defense made easy, Ketsugo. Where's that? Uh, upper oh, left. Oh, I see it. I see it. Yeah, okay. The powerful choice secrets of karate, Aikido, Atewezo, Judo, Yawara, Jiu-Jitsu, and Savate. You can reduce any assailant to cringing helplessness in seconds. You know who else can do that? This podcast. And? <laughs> who? Hawkman. Oh, okay. The memories, Rob... Of two billion years, seethed in his brain, but uppermost in the brain of Makar the Ancient, overpowering all else, was one thought. Revenge. Subdue Earth. Destroy mankind. And so fantastic and amazing were his extraordinary powers that all of the Earth's three billion people, only Hawkman and Hawkgirl, dared hurl themselves in more... <laughs> That was terrible. That's a hyphenated word, yes. I see that. Dared dared hurl themselves in mortal combat against... Scourge Scourge of of the the Human Race! race. Three billion people. Can you imagine? Those were the days. Right. What's it now, like eight? I don't know. Uh, If anyone knows... Hey Siri, how many people are on the Earth? In 2020... The population of Earth was 7,830,458,560. Well, thanks for the current information, Siri. It's 2021. Idiot. Uh, On the splash page, Hawkman and Hawkgirl are fighting this giant pink creature who has kind of a turtle-beaked head. Yes. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-pack musculature on his abdomen. I am jealous of that. Webbed feet and uh, kind of like bat wings, Mm. which I can't tell if they're sort of uh, attached to his arms or not. I guess not. No, he can fly with them. Right. But, you know, a bat can fly too, but it's just wing arms. Mm -hmm. Along the moonlit sands of Riverside Beach, a resort area near Midway City, stroll an army corporal and his sweetheart. And when my enlistment's up, hun, we'll get married. Why not get married now? They Uh, have military housing for couples. (laughs) Bill, that shadow! Yes, here comes a giant creature. It's uh, the creature from the splash page, but slightly different because it's got... uh, A bust. It's got a bust with sort of a honeycomb design on it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's instead of arms with fists, it's got like octopus tentacles with... uh, three suction cups on each arm coming out. Uh, And the wings look slightly different. They look almost feathered. But it's still got the same turtle head. Right. Uh, Coming right at Phil and his sweetheart, uh, he tells his fiancée to run, and he's going to try to hold it off. Well, that's no good. Because the tentacle whips at his face... And then the creature and surrounds him with its tentacles like it's going to crush him to death. I really like that drawing of the tentacle slapping him in the face. Oh, yeah, that's great. Art by Murphy Anderson, who's fantastic. Mm. Although, I have to admit, if we're comparing Hawkman artists, noted Hawkman artists, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Kubert... Mm-hmm. who you will have seen in lots of war comics. Sure. 
I prefer his work on Hawkman to mm. Murphy Anderson, although Murphy Anderson probably had a longer association okay. with Hawkman. Okay. But that's just my little secret. Okay. I'm just disclosing to our listener. listener. Uh, the creature flings Phil, Corporal Phil, off the cliff. Yes. He's going, well, it actually toward a cliff. He's going to be smashed on the jagged rock cliffs. Uh, screaming, Makar, kill, kill, kill. Just in the nick of time, drawn to the area by the piercing sounds, comes a second winged creature. It's Hawkman. It's not a creature at all. It's a muscular, muscular man with a with no shirt and wings. Mm. What's to complain about? Right. Now, Hawkman drops the soldier on the ground, says, take cover. I'm taking over, and I'm going to beat that creature. The creature, indeed, does attack Hawkman with his tentacle. It lands a really good punch right in the chest. Yes. Womp. Hawkman grabs the creature. Now, you liked that panel uh, of the being punched on the previous page. Yes. I like this panel of Hawkman grabbing the creature. And, in fact, there are a lot of great profile shots of Hawkman in this issue. Okay. Agree to disagree. Okay, well, you don't like that? I think this is too flat. It's flat and there's too much blank space. Yeah. I think Hawkman works best when you can see, like, the full spread of his wings and here his wings are covered up by a thought balloon. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I take your point. Thank you. Um, So Hawkman digs his feet into the ground. But I like this on the next page. This is fantastic. Yeah. Grabs the tentacle and flings the creature onto the sand with a mighty thud. Mm. The creature says, ow. (laughs) I know, right? Ow. Which Hawkman notes has the same meaning in any language. Creature lashes out again with his tentacles, captures Hawkman's arm, and flings Hawkman onto the cliff. Yeah, he he actually lands a really good blow there. Yes, because the wind is knocked out of Hawkman. You know mm-hmm. how I know? Because he says so. He says, puff, feels so woozy, puff. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also thought bubbles it. Yes. Yeah. I kill, kill, kill human. human. Uh, the creature has grabbed a piece of driftwood, slams the driftwood down on Hawkman's arm. Hawkman parries with a mighty punch. And then, for good measure, a second punch with a loud zock. Not, uh, not until after he says, my arm, ow. <laughs> well, right, so he's, only de- he's down to one arm. Mm-hmm. His left arm has been injured, and now his right arm is doing all the talking right. in the form of a punch. The creature dives into the river, uh, and Hawkman follows underwater. Hawkman notes that the creature doesn't seem to need air, but Hawkman does. Now, I have a point of contention. Okay. Hawkman... Cannot breathe underwater. Well, he could if he would lower his breathing mechanism from his helmet, which allows him to fly through outer space... Oh. And his skin, as well as the skin of Hawk Girl, his wife, has been specially conditioned to, uh, for short periods of time, withstand the uh, rigors of interstellar airless Shut space. Up! So theoretically, he could just dive underwater just fine. I've seen lots of people been uh, jettisoned out into the vacuum of space. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how they can survive. Well, have you ever seen Hawkman or Hawk Girl jettisoned in space? Because they can survive no, just fine. They don't have their own movie. Okay, they haven't been in a television show like In oh. the Expanse Wrong. or or what's that other show we've been watching? Foundation. Yeah, I've seen lots of people be jettisoned out of a spaceship into space. I have um, something to expose you to. It's called literature. It's what movies are based on. And if you'd be reading any Hawkman comics from the 1960s through 1980s, you would know that Hawkman and Hawkgirl can fly through space just fine in their bare skin, shirtless and all. Agree to disagree. 
Well, um, it's, there's no point of disagreement because it's in print and I can show it to you literally the minute we sign off on this podcast. <laughs> and I can think of three I, people who are listening to this right now and screaming at the top of their lungs. If I had a white glove, I'd slap you across the face and say, I challenge you to prove it. Well, if I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. <laughs> I'd hammer in the evening all over this world. <laughs> Let's go on. Soon so, after, in a secret room of the Midway City Museum. Oh, okay. So when I turned to this page, I, I, I was like, oh, fuck, so many words. As you remember, Hawkman in his civilian identity of Carter Hall and his wife, Shiera, are the curators of the Midway City Museum. Yes, they have access to all sorts of weapons. Yes. Uh, Carter explains how he was returning from their spaceship after sending their report to Andar Pole. Editor's note, Andar Pole is the police chief on the planet Thanagar, birthplace of Hawkman and his wife, Hawkgirl. She says, soon as I fix up this bruised arm of yours, we'll dig deep into our memories to find out more about him. Thanks, Sheer. Why don't you make me some coffee, too? Actually, Hawkgirl gets a lot to do in this story. She does? I'm very pleased. Carter Hall and Shira are police officers in the planet Thanagar. Thanagar, yes. yes. On, on Earth, I, I, there was a period missing. A period missing, thank you. Carter Hall and Shira are police officers on the planet Thanagar. Period. Period. On Earth, where they are studying police methods, their distinctive police uniforms have given them the names Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Before landing on Earth, they used an absorbiscon. A super scientific, I hate the word, I hate the hyphenated, hyphenated word, super scientific. Super hyphen scientific? Yes. A super hyphen scientific instrument to absorb all earthly knowledge. Now, this is a little bit of a, uh, not a MacGuffin, but a... MacGuffy? No. Mac no. Ma uh, just... Uh, MacGuffin's not the right word. I, it's not, and I can't think of the right word, and I don't know that there is a right word. I okay, just know the problem is this: they use the absorbiscon to observe all earthly knowledge, right? Yes. Yes. However, in the panels we're about to get to, in the next page, they are continuing to read the thoughts of this creature. It's also a telepathic device that gives them current knowledge. It, they can think really hard and see what other people are thinking. I call bullshit on that. Is there? Is it okay that I call bullshit on yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Now, I like the design of the Absorbiscon. It reminds me quite a bit of the Alex Raymond Flash Gordon newspaper strip. Okay. I don't like the Absorbiscon itself because they don't have to do any detective work. They just have to sit down in a comfortable chair <laughs> and relax and absorb the memories of this uh, prehistoric creature who was one of the first inhabitants of the Earth and also perhaps a kaiju. May I say something? Mm -hmm. I would love to own an Absorbus God. You do. It's You're called your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and it possesses all the knowledge of every one of Earth's entire population. And now, granted, it doesn't dispense the information directly into your brain in, uh, you do indeed. have to do a little bit of work indeed yes 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 i indeed okay. but uh anyway let's see what the absorbiscon reveals about this creature i was going to tell you about what i listened to today oh okay um please proceed governor the so-called mystery of rapa nui um easter island Oh, okay. Um, who moved the giant monolithic statues of Rapa Nui, a remote island in the South Pacific, and how did they do it? These questions have been at the center of, the much, spec of much speculation and debate since Europeans first arrived on Easter Sunday in 1722 and called it Easter Island. The most popular theory was that this remote civilization destroyed itself, cutting down all trees to make contraptions for moving the statues. But according to the indigenous people of Rapa Nui, their ancestors didn't need to cut down any trees to transport the statues. In fact... Their oral history has always been clear about how the Moai were transported. This is a story about storytelling, what happens when your community becomes a subject of a global mystery, a parable of human failure and ecological collapse. What's the true story, and who gets to tell it? So, long story short, or to, to tell you how it happened, the Easter Island statues uh -huh. of Rapa Nui are curved at the bottom. Yes. And basically, they were formed out of 
the volcano out of a out of out of a uh, what is it called a quarry? Yes, at an extinct volcano, and they built roads with curved bottoms, and they carved them, and they would tie ropes to them, and they would stand them up and carve them. I mean, they would they would carve them out, and then they would rock them back and forth and walk them down that from the volcano to their places, and they carved thousands of them and placed them on pedestals. Oh, I know. They rocked them into place. You don't have to tell me about rocking things into place. So, I just want to say that, why, Rob, why did you go on this ridiculous Mm -hmm, tangent? mm -hmm. I would love to have an Absorbiscon to go back into history and actually see with my mind's eye how it was done originally, how they built Stonehenge, how they built the pyramids. Maybe you should investigate remote viewing, but that's a topic for another time. As the minutes tick away, I'm just staring at him. I Rob, a strange about. story unfolds in their minds, and it's so funny that you mentioned Easter Island, and we haven't even consulted about this story yet. Mm-mm. A strange story unfolds in their minds—a story which began two billion years ago, when Earth was young, fiery hot, all rock and lava. The story is about is written by Gardner Fox, so we're going to get lots of scientific facts. I'm happy coming with that. up. All life on Earth began in the sea, theorized today's scientists, the scientists of 1966, as well as today's scientists. Actually, as that life was evolving in the sea, a different sort of life form was fashioning itself on the land as well. Comic life forms. Not uh, endorsed by today's scientists, but not impossible because they're finding life in all kinds of strange places now. Yes. Around lava pits and whatnot. In the course of millions of years, this land-borne life evolved into a massive, armor-plated humanoid capable of fighting off any threat to its survival. So uh, the original form here of Makar looks like uh, Gamera, the super turtle, with wings and arms and legs. Remember Gamera? No. Oh, Gamera, the super turtle, and he had little tiny miniature Japanese women from space, and they would come down and sing, Gamera, Gamera, da 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 I was just wondering how many Godzilla movies there are, the Japanese Godzilla movies. Uh, 15 uh, of the classic series, and we own them all, so why don't we watch them? I was, you're going to, I'm going to say this, and I hope that you don't spontaneously combust, because I really enjoy spending my life with you. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I want to watch all of these Japanese Godzilla movies. My skin feels so hot. (laughs) I can't breathe. I think I would really enjoy it. What? It's so campy. Not the original. The first one's terrifying. Really? It's all about nuclear war and whatnot. It's all about what, Saya? I didn't hear... Nuclear war. I heard one of your dad's uh, hiccups. Nuclear war. (laughs) Go on. Over thousands of centuries. Yeah, so we have this uh, kaiju creature fighting a Tyrannosaurus Rex. We have to move this along. This is a really long story. Over thousands of centuries, this landborn species, the Terra Vitan, Terra, of course, from the Latin for Earth, Earth. and Vitan from the Latin for Life. Oh, I thought it was like Vitan. What is it? Vitan for what? Oh, I don't know. It could be Vitan. I don't know. It's I not a real word. He made it up. Yeah, I'm thinking like Titan. The Terra Vitan evolved still further. The great land masses of the planet belong to them. So now we have a furry creature fighting a woolly mammoth. Then the surface of the Earth became cold, freezing. The Ice Age was at hand. Well, but it there was were... just the most recent Ice Age because there were many Ice Ages. But go on. But uh, the waters of Earth were warm. Mm-hmm. And so so the Teravitans, in their recently evolved bodies, took refuge in the sea. Yes, more millions of years passed by, and in the warm... Well, no, because uh, there haven't been millions of years between woolly mammoths and now. But in the warm earth waters, as the Teravitans adapted to their new environment, they grew light. So that was the honeycomb pattern on the chest. It's right. It's a lighted it, sort That would of be a panel. photobioluminescence. Yes. But at this time... Uh, excuse me, by this time, the yes. sea life that had moved onto the surface had evolved into the great civilization of Mu yes. in the Pacific Ocean. Jealous sea eyes regarded these masterpieces in stone and marble. We have a photograph, or not a photograph, sorry, a drawing of a, of a of civilization of yes. sort of like stone towers. Yeah, the towers. Yeah. And the Teravitans or Teravitans yes. are sort of perched on the edge looking at it jealously. Yeah. 
Well, what happens next? Well, the Terevitans had originally come from the surface, so they vowed to return to their land and wrest those cities from the Muans. A terrible battle was fought between humans and Terevitans. After four terrible days of relentless slaughter, not a single Muan remained alive. Slain also in this grim struggle were the Terevitans. All, All that, that is, is but, but one. one. The land is collapsing, that lone survivor thought, and crawled back toward the sea for safety. Into the water of salvation he slipped with one thought uppermost in his brain. Vengeance on the humans who killed all his people but himself. Vengeance on the surface terrain that cast out the Terravitans a second time. Makar, this lone remaining Terravitan, possessed all the racial memories of his people, for they were passed on to every descendant at the moment of birth. I shall come back. I shall return, he vowed. Zamudore, Zamudore. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great to be born with all of the memories of all every human that ever lived? I mean, probably not, because sure. there have been some really terrible humans that have uh, lived. No, it would not be great. But it would be great to, to have select memories of, yeah. of, of some of the greatest humans in, in history. His body exhausted, his brain reeling from the disaster. Makar sought out a lonely sea cavern where he lay as one dead for countless millennia. What would it be like to have a photographic memory? Terrible, I think. I mean, to be able to say, what did you do on September 22nd, 1985? I, I can't tell you what I did at 7 a.m. this morning. Do you know about Moo? No, please tell me. Moo is a legendary lost continent. The term was introduced by Augustus Le Plongeon, who used the land of Moo as an alternative name for Atlantis. Mm -hmm. It was subsequently popularized as an alternative term for the hypothetical, hypothetical land of Lemuria by James Churchward, who asserted that Mu was located in the Pacific Ocean before its destruction. As everyone knows, of course, Atlantis was in the Atlantic Ocean. Of course. The place of Mu in literature has been discussed in detail in Lost Cons Continents, a 1954 book by L. Sprague de Camp. Geologists... <laughs> damn scientists, <laughs> dismissed the existence of Mu and the lost continent of Atlantis as physically impossible. Pfft. Well, agree to disagree, science. Arguing that a continent can neither sink nor be destroyed in the short period of time asserted in legends and folklore and literature about these places, Mu's existence is considered to have no factual basis. So, F you, science. Uh, Fifty years before the present time, Makar rose from the place of refuge, eager to put his plan into work. But first, he thought, there are certain things I must do. No being knows the sea as does Makar, for the memory of a thousand million years are in his brain. To the sunken laboratories of Atlantis, he traveled to work for half a century. So this is another curious uh, thing about DC Comics in the 60s. There are several different Atlantises. Of course, there's Aquaman's Atlantis. Mm -hmm. There's Laurie Lamaris, Superman's college mermaid sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, where all the people have fishtails. Okay. Um, and now I guess there's this abandoned Atlantis where Makar has free reign of abandoned scientific equipment. Now. Makar decides he's got to steal what he needs from the very people he intends to destroy. So he heads to the surface. We see where he's attacking Corporal Phil and his sweetheart. And at this point, Hawkman and Hawk Girl pause and turn grim faces at each other. That was four pages. That was four pages of exposition with no talking. Wow. Um, Hawk Girl notes that this creature is endowed with strange powers but he neglected to use them because he's reverted to savagery, yeah. punching and whatnot. Hawkman says we must warn Police Commissioner Emmett. Yes. Ordinary people, even the police, have little chance against such a fearful menace. Mm -hmm. But first, let's use the Absorbiscon to learn his current plans. Hey, how about if you use the telephone to call Superman or the rest of the Justice League? <laughs> Just a thought. Uh, it turns out Makar intends to steal a device from the Midway City Science Research Laboratory, a refractionic tube, which triples solar energy by refraction. Would it be refractionate or refractionic? I have no idea. Or refractionic. That's how my mother would say it. Refractionic. What do you want for dinner? All of a sudden, the flow of knowledge from the Absorbers gone stops. Somehow, Makar felt them probing his brain and closed his mind to the Absorbiscon. Yeah, so that's a thing, huh? Yeah. yeah. 
So it turns out Makar wants to use the refractionic tube to devolve his body to an earlier form and subsequently change the earth back to the way it was millions of years ago, which means, of course, that human beings could not survive because it would be a different atmosphere and full of lava. Mm -hmm. Off Hawkman and Hawkgirl fly with their futuristic weapons from their native planet. Weapons which they do not use against the ordinary criminals of Earth. Um, off they go and they find Makar diving out of the ocean. Well, no, they don't. They send some bird friends. They speak to birds? Yes, certainly. Okay. Wheat, okay. wheat. Uh, so some seagulls are tracking the movements of Makar. Do Hawkman and Hawkgirl um, have control of their bowels? Because birds don't. Um, Hawk Girl does. Okay. Yes. Hawkman, I'm not sure of. Okay. Because he does more punching than she does, okay. and so he, more exertion on his abs. So he might. Abs. So he might. Potentially. Yeah. Lose control. Uh-huh. Of his okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, and that's why he wears the shorts on the outside of his oh. tights. Of course. Because yeah. that can conceal He's... any accidental. And and do they live in a, in a big cage? No, they live in a spaceship orbiting above the Earth, so they can just dump their waste into space. Yeah, like just, just do they have the like Earth. shredded papers underneath uh, the bottom of their of their ship? Sure, sure. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yes. And do they are they vegetarians? They um, are not vegetarians because Hawkman is noted for his chili recipe, which he serves oh. to his friends, Elongated Man and Sue. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So they don't take the bird thing like all 100% to the, as far as they possibly can. Only in the bedroom. Oh. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, Hawkman instructs a scientist at the laboratory to keep the refractionic tube going uh, when Makar appears, because they don't want him to break off the fight and run away. They have to capture him. Uh, they are warned that Makar is approaching by a seagull, and out they go. He's not, they are warned by a seagull. He's not approaching by seagull. Like, like oh, right, right, he's right, right, right. riding on the back of a right. seagull. Now, this part two splash page is unusual because it gives us what I thought was a scene from the upcoming fight, but it's actually the fight has already started. Right, in media race. Uh, Hawk Girl is being blasted by a light beam from ah! Makar's chest, and Hawkman is fighting a deuterio cloud blast, which should stop him short. Mm -hmm. Does it? Not for long. No. Uh, the gas engulfs Makar's legs, but he, what's he do? He just breathes in the gas. He's powerful. Frees his legs and then blows the gas at Hawkman. Yeah, what's weird is that he has a computer in his brain, right? What? Doesn't Makar have a computer in his brain? Well, so he says, my nerve endings relayed information about it to my computer brain, which analyzed it. So maybe he's being metaphorical that his brain is so fast okay. that it can compute the outcome. Just as his brain analyzed the language of these humans, so I can communicate to them. Mm -hmm. He blows the cloud at Hawkman. Hawkman quickly reacts with by beating his wings and blowing the gas back at Makar. And now Makar fires some fiery missiles out of his tentacle tubes. And honestly, there's no sound effect here, but this looks like it would be one of those pew, 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 pew Exactly. Pew. Uh, the fireballs catch Hawkman's wings. On fire. On fire. Uh, Hawkman fires another weapon at Makar, which is rebounded. Uh, Makar dives in to take the weapon from Hawkman and snaps the he weapon in seeds. Yes. Yeah. So Hawkman says, don't be so sure of yourself because I often improvise my weapons as I go along. So he takes his fiery wings. This is a panel I love. Takes his fiery wings and flaps them forward and smacks Makar in the face with fiery wings. <laughs> with fiery wings. Fiery wings. Which stuns Makar long enough for Hawk Girl to fire 
a weapon. She commands Hawkman to dive into the river to extinguish his his fiery wings. Now, this is a missed opportunity. There was a time in the 1990s when Supergirl became an angel and her cape would turn into fiery wings. And it was such a great visual. I always wished that Hawkman or Hawkgirl could have fiery angel wings. But uh, they can't because... I was missing so much when you were reading these comics. I'll say, you were right there beside me. What was I reading? Books and clever things. I don't know. Um, I'm also... I guess it just never occurred to me that Hawkman and Hawkgirl's wings would be made of flammable material. Well, I'm surprised that they appear to be made out of real wings. Right. Like, I thought it was some kind of cybernetic con- construct that they could control with their helmets. But or, yeah, like, um, like I don't know, like weapon wings. Yeah. Weapon wings, like, you know, like, I don't know, some sort of really lightweight, strong metal. Well, yes, the the Earth 2 Hawkman's wings were made of nth metal. Okay. And I thought that Earth 1's wings were made of that, well, too. These but are not made no. of metal. These no. are made of wings. Or of cotton. I mean, they're made of feathers or whatever. Who knows? Or cotton. No, I doubt it's cotton. Your wings are made of cotton. Well, if you can fly the underneath... The fabric you know, of our lives. If you can fly underneath the water, or if you can move underneath the water, clearly they're wings. They're made of wings. Yeah, but isn't I mean, the water going to weight them down then? Well, or, you know, wings, have, you can shake like them off. They're like duck wings. Yeah, yeah, they can yeah, shake, them shake them off. Yeah. Okay. So Makar is caught in the rotational field of the Thanagarian weapon that Hawkgirl has fired at him, and he's whirled around and around, knowing that soon his computer brain will analyze the energies and tell him how to dispose of them. Hmm. Uh, faster, 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 Makar rotates his body until... He is spinning like a huge top, spinning so fast that he's creating a magnetic field about him, drawing Hawk Girl towards him. Just then, the primeval creature opens his great jaws, and out of them sizzles a destructive blast of voltaic force. Well, let's just call it lightning. It's lightning. Uh, just then, Hawk Man springs up from the river, rescues his wife. Thank God. And now they're going to use some teamwork against that sea demon. Now, we know from our lovely conversation with Jennifer DeRoss that Gardner Fox was uh, a great fan of H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. And so that's where we're getting, I think, this idea of this is one of the first inhabitants of Earth returned to claim the planet, as well as words like voltaic, which I'm not sure is a real word. Okay. But it might be. I don't know. I don't know every word in the Mm. world. This is my very favorite panel in the whole The comic. bottom one? No, the next last one. Oh, with him holding... Hawkman whirls around and grabs the monster by the tentacles. Yeah. Allowing Hawkgirl to t- take her rifle and smash it down in the middle of his head. Yeah. And Hawkman says, I could feel that blow go right through him. Yeah. Good for you, Hawkgirl. He Hawk loves Girl. his wife and she he just totally sure does. knocked out that thing, that creature. Um, Makar, Makar. Makar. They've captured him. They're going to take him to the research research laboratory. When I told Earth scientists about him, they pleaded for a chance to examine and study him. Next page. That's not a good idea. Lots of words. Lots of words. They put him in suspended animation inside a glass case. You're going to need something stronger than glass. The scientist says, since this creature carries all the racial memories of his ancestors, we'd like to try and tap that knowledge to give us a history of Earth from its earliest times. Only Makar knows that his body has absorbed the pulsations of the refractionic... Refractionic. Refractionic tube. Yeah. uh, While he battled the winged winged wonders. Yes. Now, as he lies under the ceiling lights in the laboratory... I'll begin the de-evolution process. As my body changes into those of my ancestors, these inertia rays will lose their effect on me. I'll smash these instruments to prevent them from being used on me again. My devolving body will now be able to change as I will it to change. The time has come to activate the machines that will change Earth back to the way it was when my fellow Terravitans were on the dominant life on this planet. He flies to the hidden machine 
scenes in the ancient ruins of submerged Atlantis where he throws over a switch that starts the changeover. My vengeance begins. All human life will perish and then Earth will be habitable only for my own kind, which I shall recreate by asexual reproduction. This astonished me. Right? Asexual reproduction. If I'd have read that when I was eight years old, I would have touched yourself. Probably no. At eight, I probably would have thought it was satanic, and I oh, I'm sure you would have. You would have burned it exactly, and you would have gone run right to Sunday school. Now, nine years old, yes, touch myself. Yeah, one hundred percent. Is Earth on the verge of being restored to its original landlords? The crushing climax begins on the fourth page following. Come this on. story. Imagine if we could devolve into the forms of our ancestors. Like I want to be some smelly. Pox ridden 13th century laborer. Oh, God, could you imagine? No. Surf. <laughs> well, I'm a tutor. I wouldn't be a surf. No, you wouldn't. And I'm the president of the HOA, so I would <laughs> probably be neighborhood warden or something. We probably still smell. Night watchman. We wouldn't, because, you know, they didn't take baths. They didn't wash right, Oof, did they? With a plague and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, uh, I would be shitting in our own houses. Like, in, to, not in not in indoor plumbing. Like, we'd be shitting in chamber pots. In a or, pot, yes, oh, or just out or the window well, onto the I mean, street my and dump it out in the... Our great-grandparents didn't have indoor plumbing, did they? Uh, I mean, my problem... My, my great-grandparents didn't have indoor plumbing until well after World War II, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know that mine did. Uh, humans... Nothing you do can stop me. Earth is mine. So he's devolved into the form with actual hands and arms and a 10-pack. So the armored. We'll call this the armored form. So now I guess Earth is devolving. So yes. now we're in a pre-apocalyptic world? Well, post-apocalyptic uh, post 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 because all the world. downtown buildings are ruined and collapsed and there are volcanoes. So I'm assuming all human life has somehow I don't understand this part. Like I mean well, I know so I don't I don't buy this. We have part. to assume that it's coming from a central position and that maybe it's spreading outward. So oh, maybe okay, it's just okay. this local okay. because otherwise where's the rest of the superheroes that right? live on Earth? I mean literally from what we can see if we're supposed to we're supposed to assume this is the entire planet the entire planet has gone back in time yeah. immediately. Yeah. No, I think it's just Midway City that's been destroyed. Okay. Poor Sorry, Midway, Midway City. City. Uh, Makar throws a big chunk of Earth at the Winged Wonders, and Hawkman announces to his bride that he's saving the ammunition and his Thanagarian weapon from Makar himself, which leaves it up to Hawk Girl to fire the first shot. She fires some kind of freeze the weapon. The freeze is on. <laughs> Everybody chill out. Well, I mean, her, her logic is good. We know that the Freeze defeated, um, we know that Cold defeated right. his, ki uh, his kind millions of years ago, driving them into the sea, and it should do the trick again. Yes. And it does for a minute. For a minute. But then he devolves further into a furry creature. Um, woolly mammoth type creature. Yeah. Uh, bellowing with rage, he's, his brain seems to be devolving also. Well, especially because of what he picks up next and hurls at them. He picks up her blobs of burning magma. I would think he would probably burn his hands off. Well, yeah, you would think. Um, Hawkman drops his weapon and doesn't know what to do. So he dives down to the ground, uh, makes contact with a rock on the ground, loosens it so that hot steaming... Uh, Water, water from a geyser. What do you call a geyser, yes, thank you. Which we've seen in Yellowstone. Sure we have. He directs the geyser water towards the magma that the creature has thrown at Hogman, grabs his weapon, fires it with a mighty vablam over and over and over and over, which certainly ought to knock this creature out, but... Out of he the sound, again. yes. Out of the sound and fury of those atomic blasts emerges a newly developed Makar. His great body is plated with body armor. His head is sheathed in impenetrable bone. Great Polaris, won't anything stop him? Of course, you know the Thanagar orbits the star Polaris. That's why they use that. Uh, I do. Okay. 
his body is now invulnerable. He takes off into the air, announcing that you aren't invulnerable. I'm going to fly up into the air and smash your weapons. There's no place to hide. The earth will get warmer and warmer until your weak bodies, unable to stand the heat, will die. <laughs> so apparently they can go back to their museum. Yes. Remember that Hawkman and Hawkgirl are curators of the Midway City Museum, which miraculously has not been destroyed in the destruction of the rest of Midway City. It's a good thing because they have a whole wonderful cache of medieval weapons. Yes, because uh, absolutely every museum curator would be 100% on board with taking the ancient <laughs> display weapons and heading into battle. And heading into battle and using them once again. So uh, Hawkman's going to get a swingle and Hawkgirl gets a war mallet. Ought to be perfect for something like that. If we can't beat him with futuristic weapons, we'll do it with ancient ones. They speed back to the attack. Uh, the, he fires more lava at them. By stepping on uh, a rock. A yeah, rock. he just is like loosening. Yeah. It's like a hose when you squeeze your thumb oh, over the sure. hose. Absolutely the same way with lava. Yeah. yeah. Um, they fly up high into the air and then make a turn and dive back down with their ancient weapons and start beating him on the head they get some she is gonna wear it out on him Mm -hmm. battering head blows blast the landborn behemoth sinking him to his knees his brain so dazed by those repeated cracks on his armored skull can think only of one way to escape devolve further so once again he devolves yeah so frantically fast he turns into primordial cell tissue which in ex- uh, which came into existence billions of years ago. So he has turned into a human-sized blob of goo, Yeah, which uh, is just apparently what life was like on early Earth. I guess. Hawkman, our weapons go right through this jelly-like stuff without hurting it, Hawkgirl says. She says uh, it like that, yeah. without hurting it. Uh, he's devolved. Well, she has an accent because she's from another planet. Okay. Uh, he's devolved back into a stage where nothing can harm him, but he is actually the victim of his own environment now, for he cannot move around. In ancient times, the environment, the land where his kind were born, was good to him. It kept him warm by Earth's then hot temperature. It fed him by bringing him food on currents of air. Later, I was trying to do the super friend sound. Later. The cell tissue, which is Makar, is placed inside a great hothouse where artificial winds carry food to him and where the heat is regulated to keep him inert. The irony of his situation. He's far worse off than before. The humans and the land he sought to destroy have won out over him. Whereas his ancestors could move to avoid their environment and go into the sea, he he can never escape. The land, as represented by the hothouse environment, is his prison. The humans, his prison guards. (laughs) Later, after the machines in submerged Atlantis have been destroyed and the threat to Earth ended, Hawkman and Hawkgirl go apple picking in the country. (laughs) Oh, Carter, look, this apple fell right into my hand. (laughs) If it doesn't sound too corny, I'd say Mother Earth is trying to reward us for saving her as well as her... Children. <laughs> Crunch. The end. I love this idyllic scene of them walking through the country with apples falling on their heads. Red and barn whatnot. in the distance. It's lovely. It's just like our neighborhood. It is, really. Yeah. Actually, it is. Um, I like the story. Or let me say, I liked the potential of this story. I felt, I believed... It was too long. I feel the opposite. Oh, I would have no. liked to see this expanded into a two-issue story so we could see more of what life on ancient Earth was like. Okay. More of the Muans. Um, we know in modern times that Hawkman and Hawkgirl have had many reincarnated lives. Okay. So they potentially had lives on the lost continent of Mu, hmm. as well as Atlantis. 
We could have seen them fighting Makar and the Teravitans throughout history. In ancient Egypt, in the Old West, World War One. the possibilities what? are endless. Oh my goodness, Rob, the things you've missed while you were reading your books and encyclopedias and things. Do they know they're reincarnated? Uh, now they do, yes. Hi, Butler. Actually, I haven't kept up really closely, but okay. I do know that it's a, uh, it's a thing. Okay. It's cool. I forgot to mention. What? Rest in peace, Joanna Cameron, TV's ISIS. Oh, you're so distraught. If I was ever going to marry a woman, mm-hmm. it would be someone that looked like Joanna Cameron, oh. like Joanna Cameron, mm-hmm. or Catherine Zeta-Jones, right, or uh, Elizabeth Montgomery as Serena. Oh, she was great. Yeah. That's my list. That's it for now. Okay. Um, I guess Gal Gadot. She would... Uh, She's She'd fit the bill. She's so beautiful. Anything to add? Linda Carter. Well, Linda Carter, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so we, this monster issue has to serve as our Halloween issue because you won't be here next week, will no, you? No, I will be on. Uh, I will be away for a week. Yes. singing in Montana. So if you are in or about Helena, Montana on November 1st or... Uh, November 3rd. Wednesday, November, November 3rd, 3rd is a concert. It's, well, it's not a con- Actually, I mean, it's, it is, it's the Durfle Requiem and a Schutz Motet, but yes. it's part of, a, of an All Souls Day service at the cathedral in Helena. Well, yeah. you don't have to be religious to go. You can just go to no, hear no, the concert. No, no, it's... Yeah, it's um, so, yeah, you can check that out. I'll put some information on Twitter where you can find us at GoGoCheckPod. You can find Dr. Husband on his own podcast at Liberally Speaking. Mm-hmm. And you can find us back here in two weeks. Two weeks. With an 80-page giant. Oh, my goodness. Jimmy Olsen's Fantastic Transformations. Oh, great. Um, yeah, that's all. Anything cool. else to add? No, I hope you all have a great week and a great weekend. I hope you do. Thank you. Um, I have to send out my HOA letters now. Oh, no. Bye. Bye. It's time to give all of a chance.